in our difficult passage of the Old Testament for this morning, Rahab, a Canaanite woman, hides two Israelite spies who had come to look over the land. And when her king, the king of Jericho, sends her the message, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, Rahab gives the untruthful answer, I do not know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. Rahab had hidden the two spies under the stalks of flax on the roof of her house. What are we to think about Rahab's deception? Is deception ever okay? Or is it always wrong? The ninth commandment is, you shall not give false testimony. Did Rahab here break this ninth commandment? Today, we are going to think about this story, which is perhaps one of the hardest of the difficult passages of the Old Testament. And we will do so by taking up these three points. Number one, what does the Bible say about the person of Rahab? We, we read about Rahab in both the Old and New Testaments. What does the Bible say about her? Point number two, what are we to think of Rahab's treason? Rahab went against her king. She abandoned her country in helping the spies and Israel. What are we to think of that? Then three, Rahab and her deception. Was Rahab's deception here wrong? Let's pray and then take up those three points. Heavenly Father, in your grace, please give me what I need to honor you in this preaching. Give me love for you and love for the people. Give me, once again, all that I need to honor you. And please give all of us all that we need in listening and hearing and thinking about and in responding to the message. Please give us what we need to honor you in reference to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. First, 
What does the Bible, the Word of God, tell us about Rahab? Dr. Walter Kaiser writes that the Bible is unhesitating in its praise of Rahab. I think that's true. Hebrews 11 includes her in the hall of faith, praising her faith in God along with others such as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and David. And Hebrews 11 and James 2 both praise Rahab for her righteous works, which came from her faith in God. True faith always shows itself in righteous works. True faith is never dead, and Rahab had those righteous works. Joshua 6 mentions Rahab too, noting, noting her for hiding the men Joshua had sent as spies and for going on to live among the Israelites, for making the people of God her people. Rahab, the Canaanite, at one time was a harlot, a prostitute. But God in his grace worked in her heart and she became a believer in the Lord God. And she no longer continued to live the life of a prostitute. She threw off following the false religion of the Canaanites and she took on a life of faith in and obedience to the God of Israel. In my opinion, Rahab was an Old Testament saint. Look with me at Rahab's words that are recorded in verses 9 through 12 of Joshua 2. Verses 9 through 12. To the two spies, she said, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. 
Rahab had heard what God had done for Israel at the Red Sea and how the Lord had defeated the two Amorite kings, Sihon and Og, east of the Jordan. And somewhere along the line, God worked in her heart and enabled her to say and mean it, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. This, by the way, was the acknowledgement of God required in Israel. This was the acknowledgement of God required by the Israelites, Deuteronomy chapter 4. And here is Rahab giving that testimony. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Rahab was converted to the true God, the Lord God, and I believe to the coming Messiah. And she showed it with her lips and her deeds and her life. And God was pleased to honor her by including her in the lineage or ancestry of the Lord Jesus. That's right. She was in the family line of the Messiah. The Bible is unhesitating in its praise of Rahab. Before we move on to our second point, let me ask, have you ever been converted? Have you ever been converted to the Lord Jesus? You say, I'm no pagan. I was born into a Christian home. <laughs> I'm no prostitute. Okay. But you are a sinner, and you live for yourself, and not for the God of the Bible. And you are lost, and need God too. So, have you ever turned from yourself and your sin with sorrow, and in trust gave your life to Jesus Christ? Rahab teaches us that God can save any sinner, and God will wonderfully save all who come to him. Isaiah 45, verse 22, turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. Second today, let's take up what are we to think about Rahab's treason. The dictionary defines treason as betrayal of one's country to an enemy, disloyalty toward one's country or its ruler. When we hear the word treason, 
Some of our minds quickly think of Benedict Arnold, perhaps the most famous traitor in U.S. history. Benedict Arnold was an American general who betrayed our fight for independence from the British. He was a man who became disloyal to our new nation and our cause. Rahab, we see in Joshua 2, was disloyal to her king and to her people. What are we to think of this? Rahab did no wrong here. For Rahab, in choosing to side with and serve the Lord God, did what was right. It is never wrong to belong to and serve the Lord God. Israel was the Lord God's people. The Lord identified with Israel and Israel alone. To go against Israel was to go against God. And to side with Israel was to side with God. Rahab did what all of Jericho should have done. Instead of preparing to fight Israel, she gave herself to Israel. She gave herself to God. Listen to Dr. Kaiser. No guilt should be assigned to her treason in abandoning her people, who, like herself, had great reason for trusting the God of the Hebrews. When it comes to choosing between serving God or a local king, the answer must always be to serve God. God. One of my favorite movies is Chariots of Fire. This is a movie that highlights the running ability and the personal faith of the British person Eric Liddell. In the movie, Eric Liddell wouldn't run on Sunday in the 1924 Paris Olympics. Because of his faith in God and his understanding of the Bible, he refused to run a race on Sunday. One of the arguments used against him was, the king first, then God. King and country then God. But Eric Liddell, the British Olympian, put God first. When it comes to choosing between serving God or a local king, the answer must always be to serve God. You remember the story in Acts chapter 4 where Peter and John are told 
by certain leaders to obey them. They were commanded by those leaders to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But in obeying the leaders, they would be going against God. And so they said to the leaders, we must obey God rather than you. My friends, we must always obey God. We must always put God first over anyone else. Matthew 10, verse 37. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. We must always put God first over anyone else. Rahab was putting God first. She again was giving herself to God and following him. Question, whom do you serve? You do serve someone. Someone has you. Someone is first in your life. Whom do you serve? Are you like Rahab? You have forsaken whatever to serve God. Listen to Psalm 16, verse 11. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Rahab had this life and joy and pleasure and still does and will have it for eternity because she believed in and served the Lord God because she had God. Whom do you have? Whom do you serve? The third point of our passage is Rahab and her deception. In verse 5, Rahab says, I do not know which way they went. But once again, that was not a truthful statement about the spies to the king of Jericho. She knew where they were. She had hidden them. This was like the Hebrew midwives in Exodus chapter 1, saying to Pharaoh, Hebrew women are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. The two midwives were commanded by Pharaoh to kill the Hebrew boys at birth, to abort them. But they wouldn't. And they said to Pharaoh, Hebrew women are, are vigorous and, and give birth before we arrive. 
was Rahab's deception here wrong? Let me say this again. This is a tough one. This is really difficult. I might be out of my mind to preach on this passage. I find this passage that tough. But we must preach the whole counsel of God. And so, I have come to believe that no guilt should be assigned to Rahab here either. I have come to believe that Rahab did not do wrong to deceive the king of Jericho. Before I tell you my reasoning, let me mention a book by John Murray called Principles of Conduct. He does a very good job of giving an opposing view. And he quotes John Calvin, who I think does an even better job of giving an opposing view. But my mentors, Dr. Gerstner and Dr. Sproul, have still convinced me that Rahab did no wrong to deceive the king of Jericho here. Let me explain. In normal situations, deception or lying is always wrong. In normal moral situations, it is a sin to not give the truth. But as the New Geneva Study Bible points out, the context of Rahab's deception is war. And my friends, there are times in war which do not classify as a normal moral situation. I don't think any of us would say to soldiers in combat that wearing camouflage so they blend with their environment in such a way that the enemy would think they are not present when indeed they are present would be wrong, that that deception would be wrong. I don't think any of us would say to a general in battle that having the enemy think one thing about his army, that they are mainly positioned and will attack from the east when they are actually mainly positioned and will attack from the south would be wrong. There are times in war which are not normal, moral situations. And in those times, the enemy in war is not owed any advantage. He is not entitled to normal 
treatment. He has no right to lack of deception. In those times of war, the usual rules of honesty are waived. When you go out for the night, or when you go on vacation, do you have a light come on in your house at a certain time? Why? So that would-be robbers will think you are home when you are not. Have you ever played basketball or football and faked a move, purposely tried to deceive your opponent in what you were going to do? There are some situations which are not normal moral situations. For example, those that involve war, murder, or criminal activities. In those, I believe the rules of honesty are waived, and Rahab was in one of those situations. Uh, some of you are perhaps really struggling with what I'm saying right now. Uh, struggle in love, please. And uh, let me help you struggle even a little more. Uh, R.C. Sproul, in talking about our particular subject right now, says this in one of his books. If a murderer comes to your house and he wants to know if your children are upstairs in bed and you know that it's his intent to murder them, now this is the additional part, it's your moral obligation to lie to him, to deceive him as much as you possibly can to prevent those lives from being taken. Numerous Christians lied to the Nazis in order to protect Jews from capture and extermination. I think that in cases in which we know that lying will prevent such a deed, it is legitimate. Do I believe in the ninth commandment? You shall not give false testimony. I do. Yes, I do. Do I believe that we are always to keep the ninth commandment in normal moral situations? Yes, I do. And I say that if one does not, that is sin. Cheating in school is sin. Lying to a spouse is sin. Lying to a parent is sin. Not being honest in business is sin. Not being truthful on our income tax return is sin. But yet again, Rahab was not in one of those normal moral situations. Therefore, what she did in Joshua 2 did not go against obeying God and following 
his law. It did not compromise her commitment to him. I have listened to a, uh, a fellow PCA minister, uh, his sermons, many times. Perhaps uh, you, you wonder, what, what do pastors do during the week when it's not Sunday? Uh, one of the things I do is I listen to preaching and teaching. Uh, four times uh, a week, if, if not more. And I have listened to this particular preacher many times. In his sermons, I have often heard him say at the end, now you think about that. I say to you about our third point this morning, please, don't swallow, just swallow what I have said. And please, don't just quickly throw out the window what I have said. Think, now you think about that. In normal moral situations, lying is wrong. But there are situations involving war and murder and sports etc., where truth-telling is waived. And so perhaps we can put it this way, there is such a thing as a just or justified lie. That might be hard for some of us to hear, but uh, there it is. Let me review all of Rahab that we've taken up this morning. Rahab was a woman of faith in God. Rahab was a woman of faith in God and righteous works which came from her faith in God. Rahab was a woman of faith in God who I believe embraced the coming Messiah with her life. Are we able to say those things about us? We are people of faith in God, we have embraced the Lord Jesus Christ, and it shows in the way we live. Rahab was a woman who put God first. She served the Lord God. Is that true of us? We serve the Lord God. And I would add, she was also a woman of wisdom. One who was wise in living out obedience to God. One who was wise in applying obedience to God. May God graciously work in our lives so that we are wise in living out obedience to him. Let's pray.